1: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured, not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
2: This is the Wells Cast with Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast.
1: That's right. Welcome to the
3: Wells Cast. My name is Wells. I'm not Claire Crowley. But I do wish she was hosting this podcast right now so we could find out what the hell is going on in Bachelor Nation. I mean, seriously, <laughs> 12 days? I don't know if any of this stuff is true, but I'm just hearing reports that, like, she fell in love in 12 days? You know, the world is like, there's no way that anyone could ever fall in love on The Bachelorette in just two months. And Claire's like, <laughs> you want to bet? Let's That's amazing. So anyways, obviously, this is going to come out a couple days later, so more stuff might come out. I don't know. But anyways, happy for Tasha Know her. Love her. Served her drinks in Mexico watched her, uh, you know, kind of be the bachelorette in paradise. She was dealing with JPJ and Derek and probably other guys. I don't even remember now. It was a while ago. I mean, Chris always does, like, it's going to be the most dramatic season ever in Bachelor Nation history. And you know what it is? It is. It is absolutely going to be bonkers this year, and I'm so excited about it. Speaking of being excited, I'm super pumped for today's episode. I've said in the past, like, the best people to interview are your friends, and I'm lucky enough to have friends that are kind of worthy of you guys wanting to listen to this podcast. I know their story, and then I do the show, and then I'm like, wait, what? That happened? I didn't even know that. To be fair, this guy wasn't really a friend of mine until... About four months ago, five months ago, and then we did a show together, and it would just clicked like it was so much fun. There's so much of doing a television show that you don't see. there's so much behind the scenes crap. there's so much like after production going and getting beers and talking crap that you just don't see and don't know about. I got to know this guy, and it was so much fun doing the show, but this guy's resume is absolutely bananas. <laughs> was good he's been on a million shows literally a million shows real world key west challenge seasons the duel the inferno 3 the gauntlet 3 the island the ruins cutthroat rivals battle of the X's, rivals 2 free agents battle of the X's 2 and battle of the bloodlines just to name a few he now hosts his own show, and to be honest with you, when he was telling me about this show that he was hosting when we were doing this other show, I was like, they gave you that show? That sounds awesome. It's called First Look. It's on NBC and Peacock and like all that stuff. And basically, he just travels around the world searching for the best places to eat and play and indulge and just be himself from like vineyards in France to the beaches of the Caribbean to the farmer's market in Los Angeles to the nightlife of K-Town, to everything in between, dude. it's It's literally a dream job. But let's be honest. Today, we got to talk to my guest about his recent big win on the challenge, Total Madness. Won half a million dollars. He had to live in a bunker in the Ukraine for like two months. I watched the season look like it absolutely sucked, but I guess it was worth it because it's a good payday. I want to hear about his alliance with his longtime foe Wes. I want to find out about his new relationship with fellow challenger. Morgan Willett. I want to know how the hell he got his crazy last name. So coming up on the Wells cast, the one, the only, Mr. Reality TV himself, Johnny Bananas. This one, you're not going to want to miss.
2: Mother's Day is coming, and Mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint.
1: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured, not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
0: Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
4: Yeah. Is that a Pabst Blue Ribbon you sick?
3: Yeah, I'm having a beer <laughs>
4: cuz I'm an adult. <laughs> you are, dude, such class, man. Class, uh, class, class. Aren't class. you a bartender? Yeah. Aren't, shouldn't you be drinking like a? should Aren't you a mixologist? Shouldn't you be drinking like an old fashioned or like a buttery nipple or something? You're having a Pabst Blue Ribbon.
3: Johnny, I, you know I may be a bartender, but I'm also a fan of being fiscally responsible. Okay, and Pabst Blue Ribbon is okay. a great uh, taste right.
4: for a great price it point. It gets the job done. It gets the job done, man.
3: Johnny Bananas on the Wells cast. I've been looking forward to having you on, my man. It's good to see you, even though we are going through Ethernet cables and digital airwaves. But it's good to see you again. I want to say, first and foremost, congratulations on... Is it your seventh win on the challenge? The king of the rings, my
4: friend. Yeah, big number seven.
3: It's so funny because when we... Rewind the reels back to the beginning of the year when we were filming Worst Cooks. You're sitting there telling me about your experience in was it in the Ukraine or in Russia?
4: Yeah, Prague, the Czech Republic. It actually wasn't in Prague. We were in a Soviet-era anti-aircraft missile bunker about I don't know thirty miles outside of Prague, buried in a mountain bunker, Durnov. Yeah,
3: I remember like we'd finish filming and we'd go get drinks, and you'd be like, bro. We were living in a bunker like it sucks so hard. And I'm like, how bad could it really have been? Because all of my experiences on television, I'm like in Mexico serving up drinks. I'm like, this is okay. And then I watch it back and I'm like, that sucks, dude. I mean, you want a lot of money, but you had to earn every penny of that 500K.
4: And let's just clear this up just because we put this out there. I was telling you about the experience, but I did not give you any spoilers, right?
3: No, you didn't. Te- you didn't tell me anything. But you okay. were like, you were like, you need to right. watch
4: this season.
3: And I also right. remember you telling me that you were cursed, and I was like,
4: "What? You can't be cursed." Yeah, yeah. a lot, lot, lot to, lot to unpack here, dude. So yeah, first, uh, worst cooks in America. I got to say, what an experience that was. And it was crazy because I just come off, like you said. I mean, arguably one of the most. I've done 20 seasons of The Challenge. I've been doing the challenge since it's – not its inception, but I, I did – when it was still carnival games, when it was still Club Med, when it was still you and a bunch of people get together and it's spring break. I've been there through the evolution from it going from that to what it is now, which is the most insane mental, physical, diabolical head game and they just keep upping the ante. And, uh, yeah, this season, it's like every every season they find something new to take away and a new way to kind of just mess with you. And this season it was let's take away sunlight, let's take away their oxygen, and let's put them in a bunker. So that's what it was. The challenge back in the day, dude, back in its infancy, it used to be carnival games, man. It was like, all right, today's challenge, you're going to smear paint on your body and roll around on a canvas, you're going to melt a block of ice with your body. You're going to uh, put a chicken suit on and you're going to walk on a treadmill with itching powder. Now it's, we're going to put you in ice cold, freezing water until you get hypothermia. We're going to dangle you off a 60 story building. We're going to strap you to the front of a tank and drive you through an exploding minefield of like bombs. We're going to put you on the, the top of the Austrian Alps in neck deep snow uh, you know, at 10,000 feet where you're going to have to survive for two days. So, I mean, it's gotten, it's gotten insane, dude.
3: Well, it was fun to watch. Got, like, super entrenched in all the rivalries and the alliances and stuff. How much thought went into your alliance with Wes beforehand?
4: A lot. I mean, I'm obviously and, – and, I mean, you know this, I, I think, at this point from doing reality television as long as you have. You start to learn how the show works. You start to learn the inner workings. You start to learn – how to not just be a good cast member, but uh, basically an embedded producer. And I feel like that's kind of what I've evolved into being now. While I do think that like, I obviously provide entertainment from the cast, the the cast member talent perspective. I also am really good at kind of like creating storylines. So going into this season twofold, it was done out of necessity, but it was also done out of storyline. So going into this season, it was like, okay, I've basically run the gambit of of things that I can accomplish on this show. Other than winning, the one thing season after season that, you know, fans just kept on saying had to be done uh, was putting this rivalry with West Bergman aside, putting our minds together, and absolutely torturing everybody on the show and providing fans with, it's almost like in wrestling. It's like you have these two heels, like you have these two, Diametrically opposed characters that come together, and it's like, what's that gonna, what's that gonna look like? And so, for the longest time, I mean, Wes Bergman and I have arguably the, had the longest running rivalry on television. What, what started happening was season after season, especially the prior two seasons before Final, uh, before Total Madness, World of Worlds One, World of Worlds Two. We both went in and day one went after each other. He got the best of me the first season. I got the best of him the second season. But In the end, neither one of us ended up winning. And what we were essentially doing was paving the way and making the road so much easier for the newcomers and even some of the vets who knew season after season, if Wes and Bananas are there, they're going to go after each other. We could just sit back, let the bullets whiz over our heads while they kill each other off. And once one or both of them are gone, we then can capitalize on the fact that we didn't have to do the legwork. We could sit back, let these two go at it, like idiots, take each other out, and then we'll reap the benefits. Him and I kind of came to a consensus and to an agreement after War of the Worlds 2 that this had to stop. And this was done not just out of, I think we both, you know, put our production hats on, we're like this is going to be a great storyline, but we need to do this. I mean, out of necessity, we're both in our twilight years, right? We've both contributed such an incredible amount to the challenge over the years. And I think the challenge today, what it is in large part is due to the amount of time, the amount of years, the amount of, of storyline, the amount of sweat, blood and tears that we've put into it. You know, we were just like the one thing that hasn't been done that needs to happen is us joining forces. We'll see how that goes. And uh, it went way better than I, than I think either one of us could have ever dreamed of. From
3: my stance watching it back, it definitely seems like you and Wes get away with a lot more than like everybody else does. For whatever reason, like things that piss off everybody else, you guys are doing as well, and no one really gives you guys shit for it. Is it just because you're just have been around for so long? What's the deal?
4: Wes and I are both separately on our own. Are both very feared in this game okay there's certain people that when you come on to the challenge whether you've been there for 10 years whether this is your first season there are certain people in the game that you that you look out for that you know this person is is going to be trouble all right this person knows the ropes been there done that will literally eat my lunch if i you know kind of oppose them however in the past seasons because him and i were on opposite sides of the house People could kind of come in and choose one side or the other, and that's generally what happened. There are people that, that would be on my side. There's people that would be on Wes's side. By us then working together this season, it not only neutralized our rivalry, but it also neutralized any other rivalry that either one of us had with other people in the house. What went being an immovable object became like an unstoppable force when the two of us joined forces. So yeah, we could literally get away with doing and saying whatever we wanted to whoever we wanted because we had this, I mean, dude, we, we literally were this unstoppable force and uh, there was nothing anyone could do about it. And that was the best part. I mean, we, we could manipulate people do things that wasn't in the best interest of their game, sit back and laugh about it and have there be absolutely no repercussions. And I think that's what was so great about this season. A lot of people, came away from this season for me being like, you looked like for the first time in a long time, you seemed like you were having a good time. And it really was by putting that rivalry aside with him, it really allowed me to kind of relax a little bit, go back to the old me and just be mischievous, man, and just play pranks on people and just mess with people's heads, torture people and uh, and have a good laugh because I, I knew that, you know, Uh, You know, there was there was a sick and twisted individual on the other side who was just as devious and diabolical as I was. And um, and it ended up uh, it ended up working out well for me more than him. That's, you know, that's the way the game goes.
3: Obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and a lot of things get left in the editing room floor. I know this just as much as you do. But when I watched that show, it seems so evident that you guys are in cahoots together. And for some reason, the entire cast was like blown away when they found out that you guys had hatched this scheme together. Is it everyone just so stupid or like were you guys that secretive
4: about it? There was no secret. Here's the thing. <laughs> There's a lot. Yes. Yes. A lot of people. Yes. There are a lot of dumb people on on this show. Okay, but the thing with Wes and I is it didn't pass the smell test. You literally our rivalry has been so so long and ongoing for, for, for so long that even when people saw it happen, it like defied all logic and rationality. And people were like, I know I'm seeing this with my eyes, but I don't believe what I'm seeing. And I think that's what it was more than anything. It's not like we were in the – we weren't keeping anything a secret. I mean we were out there in the open day one being like, yeah, we're working together. But nobody believed it. And we had kind of in the past – in the past that had kind of been our thing too. It was kind of like a joke, this ongoing joke where we'd be in the house and anytime Wes got near me, I'd yell as loud as I could like, no, Wes, I won't join your secret alliance, (laughs) you know? And it became like this joke where it's like, all right, we know that they're not working together, but ha ha ha, funny joke, because it's like so counter to, to, like I said, anything that would take place. I mean, you know what it would be like if Donald Trump and Joe Biden (laughs) joined forces and joined like a presidential ticket together, nobody would believe it. They'd be like, no, 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 no. This is like, that's how unbelievable, you know, just insane the idea of the two of us coming together were, but that almost worked in our favor because it's not like we were pulling the wool over everyone, anyone's eyes. Nobody could, nobody could accuse us of lying to them or, or not being open about our plans. We were open about it day one. I mean, you know, that, that, that we had this thing that we were going to be working together. it was just like, like I said, I mean, it was just, nobody believed it. Nobody could actually believe what they were saying. Or even if they did even like, okay, they're working together. Nobody believed, including I think the two of us, that it would actually work. Trust, like in real life, is one of the hardest things to gain and one of the easiest things to lose. It's so difficult to find someone that you actually can rely on, you can actually trust because the entire game is about manipulating people, screwing people over, lying to people, being conniving. So you take that aspect and you try and apply it to this person that I could not trust as far as I could throw them. And this is not only a person that, you know, I kind of need to rely on the game, but like the only person I have to this day, I'm still sitting here like wondering like how it worked out as well as it did. Um, But it was uh, it was magical. You know, you believe in miracles Uh, (laughs) since we did that. I think I think anything's possible, man. Anything is possible.
3: Obviously, you're very good at this game. You've you've won seven times. You've done it over 20 of them kind of got to be a five to a player you got to be able to hit you got to be able to run you got to be able to field you got to be able to play defense you know you have to have this social game you have to have this kind of like brute strength game you have to have this desire to not give up game and then you also have to have this puzzle solving game for you a guy who's won i guess more than anybody else what is your strongest part of the game
4: so and i've always said this man i always forget who the quote is from some philosopher i'll remember it but oh it's a darwin Darwin said, in nature, it's not the strongest nor the smartest that survives. It's those with the ability to adapt. And I've never been the strongest guy in the game. I've never been the smartest person in the game. What I have been, though, is able to adapt. Kind of, I think, what has set me aside from a lot of other players is the challenge is like this constantly – it's like predicting the weather. You could be on top of a mountain one day and on a, on, a, on an island by yourself the next. You could go from having the entire house behind you to the tire, entire house against you. You could go from sitting pretty on your way to a final to now having to fight and struggle in, to get your way out. It's the people who, who can't adapt to the changes in the game. TJ and the Challenge, they love throwing curveballs. They never want you to feel comfortable. And when you do, when you get complacent, that's when you get screwed up. So my ability, I think, to A, adapt to the show, to adapt to the, to, to the changing landscape, to navigate it, but also my ability, I think, to understand and to read people. IQ is often talked about, right? Someone's IQ is off the charts. They're so smart. That what I would argue is even more important than IQ is EQ, and your emotional quotient, and your ability to understand the human condition. And I think that I have, for whatever reason, been blessed with the ability to not just understand people and read people, but understand how people and why people do things, especially in group settings. I've always said this. I think the challenge is the most amazing sociology experiment on earth. There should be like classes taught about it's probably the same with, with, with other reality television shows as well. But the challenge is different because we are put in this science experiment. We're basically put in like a a terrarium we have no contact to the outside world. We have no you know, interference or whatever from, from producers. They put us in this game. They give us these, these incredibly difficult things to figure out and to work through. They put incredibly volatile people. They add alcohol. They add you know, the pressure of isolation. They add all these different elements to it, and then it's figure it out. And you honestly have to like figure your way out of chaos, man. And um, I don't know what that says about me. I think the fact that I have been able to navigate you know, a very chaotic landscape for as long as I have and not have it, I think, completely destroy my, my, my psyche, um, I don't know if that means that I'm incredibly strong or incredibly psychotic or a combination of both. I think few people find what they're in life, what they're really cut out and meant to do. And I feel like for whatever reason, man, the challenge, the competition, the strategic part. The social game. um, It's just, I'm just, I'm just wired for it, man. I'm just, I'm just good at it.
3: After getting to do a reality show with you and kind of like seeing how you work through a competition show and then getting to watch the show and then also being someone who played like collegiate ball, I remember something a coach told me like early on when I played ball was, was that if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And that's a thing that a lot of people, Here, they're like, I can't believe you would say that. But it's true. If you're not looking for angles to be able to better your opponent, then you're percent. F- and uh, I noticed mm-hmm. it from you. You all are always looking for a f- angle. And you always
4: find yeah. it, too, which is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, that's how I've always been wired, man. Like, I have a degree in economics from Penn State. Mm-hmm from the business school. There is no reason on earth that I should have a degree from Penn state's business school. You want to talk about cutting corners. I cannot tell you the, w- what I did and the diabolical ways that I found to just get a leg up on people to, to, you know, I, I hope they don't revoke my diploma for saying this, but I mean, dude, I, any chance I got to cut a corner and to, to cheat if I could, I did. My dad always says, if you want to find, and I don't, I don't consider myself lazy. But he always says, if you want to find the easiest way to do something, you look for the laziest person on the job because they will find the most efficient, easiest way to do something. And it's not that I'm lazy. I just feel like I want to work smarter and not harder. If I could do something where if I could find a loophole or an angle that makes it easier for me to to accomplish something, I'm not going to be this guy that's like, you know, I'm not going to put in all this brute force if I if I don't absolutely need to. I think that that's a great uh, way to go about doing things. And again, I think not just the challenge, but life in general is about finding. Look at inventions, man. Every great invention ever made is just making something easier to do and it's making something more efficient. And I just feel like I'm inventive, man. So that's just, uh, just how I've always been. Producers hate it, hate it. I don't. Did you see the? Did you see the decontamination challenge this season? Where we had to run into the the foam party. Yeah, and I want. I was going to bring it up, and you do
3: this thing where you you can okay. see like the reflection of the lights, and so you're able to like yeah. remember it before you go through the foam thing. And I remember thinking that was genius. But I, and I was watching it with Sarah, and she's like, "That's so smart." But he's cheating. He is, but he's not. That's on the producers for not figuring out that they should have
4: boarded One, them off. And that's why. What blows my mind even more is this, is the fact there were 30 people there. I was one of, well, 28 at that time, I think. One of 28 people. Everybody had the exact same vantage point that I did. But somehow, nobody else saw this obvious. Bro, it, it could not, like, from my vantage point, I'm looking. Because I always do that. I always try and find, especially with something like that, a memory game. I'm not good at memory. What's an easier way for me to do this? Everyone's like, we're going to work together. I'm going to remember five. You're going to remember five. We're going to do it. I'm like, No. And I saw it before my round started. I was the third round. The fact that in three rounds, 27 other people did not see, that's what blew my mind more than anything. I'll never forget, too, when they found it. So I, after my round, which I still believe I won, I still believe that I won that, but they were so pissed that I, that I, the way I won it, they were like, we can't give this guy the win. But we also can't fault him for cheating because he really didn't. He stood there and just looked. They can't believe, they can't be like, listen, you cheated because you you were looking somewhere you should not have been looking. After that win, I'm sitting there and I was pointing out because they were like, "What did you do? You didn't even go in." And I'm pointing. I was telling Rogan, "I'm like, dude, look at the look at the blinking." And I'll, I'll never forget, the cameraman is over my shoulder, <laughs> filming what I'm seeing, and he goes into his mic and he goes, "Are you seeing what I'm seeing?" <laughs> and after that, I was like, "God damn it, maybe I shouldn't have said anything, <laughs> dude." But so there was a season a while ago, but I do that all. There was a season a while ago where. The object was you had to put your head in this plexiglass box and there was grasshoppers and there was cockroaches in this box. And what you had to do was catch these things with your mouth, chew them up, spit them into a tube, which then went into a beaker. And after 30 minutes or whatever, whosoever beaker weighed the most with these chewed up bugs, they won. Now, the whole point of the challenge was to catch bugs in your mouth. I figured this is going to be easier if I just stun these things with my head. So what I did is I was just smashing bugs with my forehead, all right, stunning these things and picking them up when they were already like, you know, on their backs, like with wriggling around. And I'd just pick them up and spit them down the tube. Meanwhile, all these other people are sitting there like, you know, flying around the inside of this box trying – you know how hard it is to catch a grasshopper with your mouth? so much easier like i'm just gonna smash these things with my head and pick them up when they're already dead they were not happy about that either so i'm a thorn in production side always have been you ever seen the movie catch me if you can yeah you know how after leonardo dicaprio was caught for being this like check he was he was the best guy at forging checks the fbi hired him to spot faulty checks i almost feel like they should hire me on production to look at their games and find and be like, all right, punch as many holes in this game as you possibly can, just to like tighten them up, you know.
3: I definitely think you deserve a producer credit on the show. I mean, you're 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 definitely narrating a lot of the show. When I watched the. Um When I watched the reunion show, I was like, why? And I literally turned to Sarah and I go, why the f*** isn't Johnny hosting this? And why do we have an ex-football player hosting this thing, reading a prompter? Johnny would be so much better at this. I don't understand what's going on. Listen, I I literally could talk to you about this forever, but this isn't really what this show is. To kind of close it out, was this your best win ever? And are you going to be coming back to do more seasons of the challenge? Or are you going out on top?
4: Was it my best season? Was it the, was it the most rewarding? Absolutely. Was it th- the hardest fought? No. Was the amount of pressure for me to win 10 million times greater than it's ever been in the past? Without a doubt. So phys- from a physical, just straight up physical standpoint, Rivals won, was the hardest challenge I've ever done. I mean, I, I, the, the final, it was the, it was the most intense, diabolical, asinine, just physically ridiculous challenge we've ever, we've ever done. First overnight challenge, first time we had to stay up for 24 hours and not sleep. Had to stand on rocks. I mean, it was brutal, dude. If you want, if you want to see a true, I mean, absolutely brutal final, Rivals one. However, there was a point in my challenge career, dude, when I was just knocking down wins, like it was nobody's business and it just came almost easy to me i almost took those wins for granted i took some of those wins for granted because i felt like i just come in every season and i'd be like i'm either gonna go to a final or i'm gonna win a final there it's that's just let's just fast forward the next seven weeks just put us there then after what you referred to earlier my the curse which is when i stole $275,000 from my female partner didn't even sniff a final for the next six seasons the amount of pressure that, that started to accumulate for me to make it back to a final and to win became so great that this season, making it to this final, I, and I said this in my final interview, had I not seen this one through, I don't know if I would have been able to like ever make it back to that point. I probably could have done – I would have done future seasons. But I don't think I would have ever been able to just mentally get over that hurdle. That would have just been too mentally just, I feel like, devastating. So as far as that's concerned, the fact that I was able to get that seventh elusive win, put myself ahead of Michael Jordan and Tom Brady for uh, most (laughs) championships of all time. The fact that I have proved once and for all curses are not in fact real or they're made to be broken. And to just not just prove to myself that I still had it in me and, and my friends and fans. But there is nothing better, Wells, no better feeling on earth than to shut every fucking hater up and be like, what do you got now? What on earth can you possibly say now? I mean, there's all these, obviously they come out of the woodwork saying production had it rigged for me from the beginning, which is absolutely asinine, but whatever. That feeling, the feeling of being able to sit there and, and be like now there is no question who is the greatest of all time when it comes on the challenge that itself is worth its weight in gold as far as my plans for the future listen man and i said this before if there was ever a time to 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 kind of to kind of hang it up this would be it there what better way to go out than to go out on top you know you don't want to be one of those athletes or one of those people who, who who. keep playing past their prime and then they're just this old pathetic weirdo that can't perform anymore not saying that i can't but i'm just saying that um you know i've basically at this point accomplished everything that i've wanted to accomplish Uh, you know i feel like from here on out it's just going to be um adding you know lateral moves is really all i can make i don't know how i can climb any higher than i have and i'm not ruling out me coming back but i'm also not ruling out me never coming back you know what i mean i feel like um this one really did a number on me from a mental uh, standpoint, you know, the challenges are not getting any easier, the competition's not getting any getting any easier. I'm not getting any younger. So, you know, I think there's it's just going to be um it's going to be a a game of just kind of wait and see, man, and see how I uh, see how I feel when, you know, when the opportunity presents itself again.
3: Well, here's the thing, when I first started getting into all this reality TV stuff, I, <clears throat> I remember having a conversation with Chris Harrison, who's the host of of the, all the Bachelor shows, and he said, "Hey man, what you need to do is you need to figure out a way to have the show not define your life, but to be able to enhance it. And that's something that I took to heart. Mm-hmm. I, and I feel like I have been able to do that. And I feel like you definitely have been able to do that. You've been able to now pivot to hosting this show that basically if anyone who wants to be a host basically wants to be Anthony Bourdain, right? Like they want to be able to travel the world and meet cool people and do cool shit and somehow you've been able to hack the system and you've been able to use all this real world just challenge sh- and you've been able to uh, use it to enhance your life and now you're the host of first look just if people don't know what this show is just explain it to them real quick because it's so dope what you've been able to do
4: so i think that that's a really a very 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 valid point i could not agree more i think the challenge has essentially, and MTV has enabled, has provided me with the platform, and it's enabled me for so long. Really, like fine tune who I am, and just put over the seasons the best version of myself out there, the best, most entertaining version of myself out there. And I didn't know what it was going to lead to. It, me just continuing to go on the challenge and continue, you know, just being on MTV. But it, you know, it caught the attention of the right people. First look came around. They basically said, "Listen, we're looking for a guest host. Our permanent host kind of moved on. Just based on what you do, your ability to be a jack of all trades, master of none. You're great with people. You're great in new experiences. You, you're well traveled. So we do our travel segments where we go around the world. Uh, my first two seasons, we went. Uh, I mean, we went to Alaska, Scotland, France, South Korea." meet amazing people, sample amazing food, just do this incredible stuff. But but then we have what are called the experiential segments, which are themed shows. And in these segments, the reason the show is called First Look is because it's giving you a first look or a glance at jobs, industries, people, hobbies that you never even knew existed. All right. My first episode I did, I I, I dressed in drag and I stripped in a boylesque show, okay. Boylesque is basically burlesque for men. <laughs> I joined the LA Rams cheerleading squad, okay. Tried to make the squad, didn't happen. Most people are shocked that it didn't. I've I was I've been a cannabis sommelier. I've been an iguana wrangler. Worked for a day with a balloon artist, who basically makes the most insane balloon animals you've ever seen. He made a seven-foot velociraptor, ran around a museum, staring. The- out of children. That's what I love doing, man. I love traveling is is awesome, but I love meeting people and I love just doing new things and experiencing new things. And there's, again, there's this really good quote for that movie, Ford versus Ferrari. It always stuck with me. And Matt Damon says, he goes, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. And that's how I feel, man. I feel like I've been able to parlay the challenge and everything that I've been able to gain from that. The connections, the the persona that I've created, the experience that that that, that I've accumulated, and I've been able to parlay that now into the next chapter of my life, which I really do feel like is going to um, have some legs. And that's going to be uh, hosting and, and, and traveling and, you know. God, you know, God willing, be the uh, the next Anthony Bourdain. Where can people go watch First Look? First Look is on Saturday nights after SNL, or you can catch all the episodes we've done on our YouTube channel, which is um, First Look TV on YouTube. We're gonna be putting new episodes out. We're still we're still filming episodes now, like everyone else. They're like kind of the Zoom at home. We've done – actually, this is something that you might want to – if you'd like to, do a box challenge with me. I know you – listen, I need to get my revenge, Wells. You beat me on worst cooks. (laughs) I need to exact my revenge. The box challenge essentially is a random package shows up at both of our doors, okay? And on camera, we have to open this box, and we have to do whatever task it is in there and – it could be anything. So I did one with Nessa, and we had we had eggs, and we had to make egg contraptions out of what was in the box, and we had to drop three eggs from eight feet, and whoever eggs didn't break won. I just did one with Mike the Miz, which is coming out this this uh, this Saturday. You can check it out. Uh, the next box challenge, and uh, if you like it, man, get you uh, get you set up, buddy. Yeah, send me a box. Let's do it, man. I'll finally be able to get my revenge on you for beating me on Worst Cooks.
3: Yeah, man. I also saw that people can watch it on Peacock, which is a new streaming service of yep. NBC, which and is, on Peacock, which is super yep. cool. Yeah, I didn't want, want to bring up Worst Cooks because I mean you're riding this high of being you know the greatest challenge <laughs> champion ever, and I didn't really want to yep. bring in the fact that like you know this asshole from like this reality TV dating show came and just kicked your ass. I did like the fact that like, you are a good cook. I've been watching your like Instagram stuff, and you're, you've got like a whole cooking show. So once again, Johnny Bananas, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Listen, I want to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to race through how the hell Johnny from Penn State became Johnny Bananas' greatest champion of the challenge in the history of of fucking TV which is crazy. The fact that you said I have more championships than Tom Brady and Michael Jordan blew my mind, but you know what? You're not lying, dude. It's true. So quick it's break, true, man. When we come back, we're going to hear about where the hell Johnny Bananas came from. Stick around.
2: Mother's Day is coming, and Mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint.
1: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
0: Whether you are a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks,
3: I want to know how the hell you got here. It's so funny because I was a huge fan of, like, early seasons of Real World. Like, I remember Puck and, like real world Mm -hmm. San Francisco and the Miz, like we had him on the Wells cast, not, not too long ago. That's another guy who's been able to take his 15 minutes of fame and really stretch it out, which is awesome. So how the hell did you get here? You grew up in California, but you've got this like New York, Orange County.
4: Yeah. Born and raised uh, Southern California school, man. I was the epitome of the C's get degrees guy. Okay. I think out of my graduating high school class, there was a graduating class of 500, I finished 250, okay? So I was literally dead center. I mean, and it got to the point I was dude, I was a I've always been and my dad's always said this. He goes, "You've never been mean. You've never been mean-spirited. You've never been cruel. You've been mischievous." Okay? And you've always enjoyed starting fires and watching them burn, you know, when I was little, literally, because I was a pyromaniac. But now that I'm an adult, it's like, I just love teasing people. And I just love getting a rise out of people. I love finding people's buttons and pushing them and watching the reaction. And my dad always says, this, he goes, you've taken this mischievous nature, and you somehow parlayed it into a career. And and I mean, that's how I've always been. I was I was always the class clown. I was always the kid that like I've in, in class, it was like I was more interested in the, the social aspect of school than I was about learning. Dude, if you saw my progress report from when I was from when I was a kid, it was like doesn't use time wisely, can't keep his hands to himself, constantly late, constantly talking. He's a disruption. My mom is amazing. My mom's always been the most supportive human being on planet Earth. My parents are, again, diametrically opposed. My mom's free spirit, you know, no rules, just you know, do whatever you want. My dad is, you know, Italian Catholic military. So everything's very rigid. So, you know, I kind of had these two different structures growing up or lack thereof, you know, in some ways. Um, So I basically, after high school, didn't really, I was kind of wayward, man. I didn't really have a direction. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Just going to go to the community college in town. My dad was in Fort Totten. It's in Queens. And he lived in this you know, massive four bedroom officer's house in uh, Garden City, New York. And he's like, listen, Nassau Community College, good grades at Nassau. You can essentially transfer to anywhere you want. Uh, it just so happens that the officers quarters were basically like practically on Nassau campus. So he's like, come live with me. Get out of the nest. You're not that productive. You get away for a little bit and all of a sudden your your juices start to flow. Moving to New York, if I could pinpoint one point in my life where my life really did take a turn for the better. Going to New York, forcing myself out of my comfort zone. I had to meet new people. I had to reinvent myself. I had to, you know, I went to, I started going to community college. I actually started caring about my grades. I was really motivated to to, to, to transfer. And I did, I transferred, actually rewind a tiny bit. The nickname Johnny Bananas actually came from my time in Long Island. My best friend to this day, John Healy, we met at the Roosevelt Field Mall. And he worked at Kenneth Cole and I worked at Banana Republic. And because we were both John, our circle of friends came up with the nickname Johnny Bananas to tell the two of us apart. It was because I worked at Banana Republic. So a lot of people don't know that. My cousin Vince has been on the challenge with me. He was on Bloodlines and Rivals. He got a full-ride scholarship to Penn State for football. Um, He was just an absolutely incredible uh, quarterback in Ohio. So I was trying to find out where I wanted to transfer to, Penn State's campus. I sent in an, an application and, and I ended up going there. Economics was the only major that was available for me. If you ask me right now, tell me one thing you learned from from your time in econ. I don't even think I could tell you anything. <laughs> GDP, macro, macro, micro, I don't even know. And then it was it was at Penn State. So so by m- my third semester at Penn State, I was back in the same boat that I was at after high school. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know where I want to go. I don't know what I want to do for a living. It's my senior year. It's January of my senior year of, of college. And I have no plan. I don't have an internship lined up. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll go into investment banking. Maybe I'll be a pharmaceutical salesman. Maybe I'll be a stay at home son. I don't know. There was this girl that I had a crush on in college. Her name was Amy. And every time I wanted to hang out with this girl, she couldn't because she's watching the real world. I'm like, I didn't grow up watching the real world. So she invited me over her apartment and her and her buddies were all sitting around watching the real world. And I start watching it's a real world the season uh, in philadelphia and i'm watching a- uh, landon and mj who were both partying hooking up and being degenerates and i'm like that's me to a t i could do this and i ended up sending in an application I-, I i videotaped myself on campus dressed in a scooby-doo costume catching a frisbee i sent in that audition tape uh, about a week later i get a manila envelope in the mail it was like a it was like a psychological profile it was an application uh filled that out two weeks later i had my first interview two weeks after that i had my second interview about a month after that they flew me to la to do my final interview and then uh in august graduating college i was on the real world in key west so that was kind of like how i got into reality television the abridged version
3: do you have the video of you dressed up as scooby-doo catching a frisbee on penn state campus still
4: uh, I'm sure I could get it. They've showed clips of, of my casting special. So ridiculous, dude. So ridiculous. And the funniest thing, and I, and I always say this, and, I, and as much as I know this isn't true, I like to joke that it is. So I did my audition tape dressed as Scooby-Doo in front of this very iconic building on Penn State's campus called Old Main. It's like a bell tower, very old school. Fast forward about four years, President Obama goes to Penn State to do a speech. Guess what backdrop he picked to do his big economic speech. The bell tower. Old main. Yeah. So I, uh, buddy, president Obama must have been a Johnny bananas fan. <laughs> and he saw my backdrop and he's like, that's a good money. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that when I go to Penn state. So yeah, dude, I went to, I was in key West, Florida, 2005 was my, was my season of the real world. It was the worst hurricane season on record. Hurricane Rita, hurricane Wilma, hurricane Katrina. We got whacked by all three of them. So our entire season was basically us surviving hurricanes, which was just wild. And it's funny because, and I just think it's so funny that it was like my first year of reality television, the worst hurricane season Florida has ever had. I think that I don't know, maybe it was just because that was how that's how I was born, dude. It was like you know, Superman is of the sun, Johnny Bananas is born of hurricanes, (laughs) and I've been a hurricane ever since, my friend. You
3: had to, you had to withstand some bullshit in the beginning, and now look at yeah. That. You do that first season of the Real World. How long until you, then you go in to start doing the challenges?
4: So we filmed for four months. The, 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 our season of the Real World was was uh, August to like August uh, September so until about December. I think November December we were done. And and one of the reasons I even wanted to do the challenge, uh, the, the the Real World, was to do the challenge. Right. When I really got into watching the real world, my senior year of of college, I then obviously got into watching the challenges. And this is like when, like, I mean, the big dogs, man, like the old school dudes were all still there. It was like Mark Long, Darrell, The Miz, Abram, Derek, CT, Brad, absolute legends. Okay, And I remember watching them and being like, that's what I want to do. Real world's cool and all, but the challenge is what I want to do. And the Miz was actually a huge inspiration of mine. Like from the beginning, like I watched him and I'm just like the fact that he did the challenge classic belt that he brought on his real world season. And he, then he was the champ. He's been the WWE champion. He holds multiple belts. So he was always kind of like, in a way like that's, that was like who I wanted to follow in their footsteps, dude. And be able to, again, parlay reality TV into something greater. But my first season of the challenge was uh, 2006. So I got off the real world in like December. And my first season was that spring of the challenge. It was in like probably – April, May. And what's funny is the rap party for my real world season. It's the first time we all got to talk to producers and stuff. The fourth wall was broken down. And I remember talking to one of the producers, named name is Mark Saliga. And I remember telling Mark, I'm like, Mark, I really want to do the challenge. What do you think? Do you think I'll, I'll get a shot? He goes, yeah, they'll probably call. You'll probably get a chance to do it. And then fast forward, you know, 15 years, 20 seasons later. And I, you know, have, have, have accomplished more on the challenge than anyone else ever has. And most likely ever will. But yeah, my first season of the real world, I was the first—I mean, of, of the challenge. My first season was the duel. I was the first one eliminated. I was there for less than a week, dude. <laughs> Unpacked my bags, sent home, and I was like, "Bro, this is it. it. Like, I'll never be invited back. This was terrible." Um, but you know, some a, a lot of people say, I mean, it's not what you do when I feel like when you win. It's it's how it's how you deal with adversity, and I really do think that that first loss, me losing, dude. When you used to get off the real world, you were about as close to an A-list celebrity as possible, dude. Like back in the day, it was like us, Survivor, and like Big Brother. we were like the only reality television shows that existed. So when you got off the real world, I mean, dude, your notoriety was through the roof. We were on TV for six months. I was booked solid bar and club appearances. I was doing, a, I was doing 100 bar appearances a year, 20 a month. I'm going on the rule I'm going on the first challenge thinking that like dude I'm the man my shit don't stink like I I am basically like you know a god going from that to then getting schooled and really getting put in place you want to talk about humble pie I went on there thinking that like I, I had the world by the balls I left with my balls shriveled up essentially dude I'm like bro it was it was the biggest gut check ever but I think it that's what really helped me to I guess respect the game and to take it seriously was knowing that it wasn't easy and, and if you're not playing the game the game is playing you. Like they say in poker man, a lot of people can't remember like their big scores, but you remember your losses and your defeats with like stunning detail and those are what have the biggest you know effect.
3: Last question about all this stuff, is there anyone out there right now in the the challenge game that you think could be the next Johnny Bananas?
4: No. If you're talking about straight just strictly like a numbers game. Will somebody ha- win as much money as you will somebody have as many wins as you will somebody do as many seasons as you, I think the amount of seasons that's probably going to, especially if I, you know, hang them up, that'll probably be surpassed relatively soon. Money one. I mean, you know, again, potentially uh, seasons one, that's going to be a really tough, tough, uh, tough one for anyone to, 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 to overcome, but just, when you're talking about the intangibles, the things that I bring, that I have brought to the show, you know, like they say, uh, often imitated, never duplicated, I feel like what I've contributed to the show, what I've contributed to reality television, the, the character that, that, that I've created, the persona that I've created, the, the niche that I've created, the brand that I've created, I don't think anyone w- will ever replicate that, nor should they. I think everyone needs to find their own lane. And I think that's what's great about a lot of the guys that are still on the show now. The CTs, I mean, the old school guys, the CTs, the Wesses, myself, is we are all huge names, huge characters on the show, but we're all completely different people. Again, I mean, I, I think that's what's made this show, you know, so, so entertaining for so long. Why it's been so successful is you've taken these characters that fans have been able to grow up with essentially – watch them over the years, grow up with them, watch them change. I'm like, dude, the movie, The Truman Show, I feel like I'm like a real life version of Jim Carrey from The Truman Show. I've literally grown up on reality television. I started doing reality TV when I was 23 years old. I'm 38. I've got to grow up, make all my mistakes, make all the, the, the all the, the positive things I've done, all the horrible things that I've done, all the growing pains that I've had, they've all been done in the public eye. And I think that's, you know, in large part, why I am who I am today. I've been able to see myself from a perspective that most people never get to see themselves from, you know, that third, that, that, that perspective that other people. And it's like, you know, it. it's probably the same with you. You see yourself on TV and you're like, holy shit, is that what I look like? Is that what I sound like? Is that how I act? Some things are good. Some things are bad. You can take the things that you like and keep them and, and throw away the things you don't like. Yeah, no, I mean, to go back to your original question, I don't think, um, you know, again, I don't think that there ever will be anyone uh, that you know makes the the, the impact um, on the challenge that that I have, bro. 15 years, man, 20 seasons. That is a long, long, long time to be doing the same thing. So yeah, I just don't think that uh, anyone else is gonna have, you know, the wherewithal or the ability to kind of um, you know do it as long as I and do it as long and as hard and as you know well as I have. That's what he said.
3: Uh, yeah, your legacy is is <laughs> <laughs> your legacy's ridiculous. To close out, I wanted to do uh, some rapid fire questions with Johnny Bananas. You ready? Yep. All right, rapid fire questions with the man, the myth, the legend, Johnny B. Are you early bird or a night owl? Early bird. Favorite pizza topping?
4: Uh, pepperoni.
3: Who was your first kiss?
4: Uh, her name was Adrian.
3: What was your first job?
4: First job, uh, I worked at a comic book store. I wouldn't really call it a job. I didn't really get paid, but that was like the first place. Comic mania in Fullerton, dude. I'll never forget it.
3: What was the first concert you went to?
4: Ooh, uh, Blink-182 back in high school. Who would you call to get yeah. you out of jail? My dad, one million percent. My dad's like the – you know you know the movie uh, Pulp Fiction? You know the wolf? Yeah. Harvey Keitel? That's my dad. My dad is the wolf. It's like – if you ever need anything, it's like if, if I murdered someone, I'd be like, Dad, and need you to help me hide this body. He'd be like, <laughs> I got this, son.
3: <laughs> Who's the most famous person in your phone? Jimmy Fallon. Ooh, that is a good one. If you won an Oscar, who would be the first person you thanked in your speech? My parents, man. My mom and
4: dad. Absolutely.
3: And lastly, what has been your most uh, humiliating defeat on reality television?
4: Well, well, wells. Uh, it would have to be this defeat to this bachelor bartender by the name of Wells Adams. You might know him from the bachelor in paradise. My most humiliating defeat was definitely at the hands of that guy on worst cooks in America. Still don't know how your goddamn tortellini <laughs> beat out my <laughs> lobster club sandwich. Wells, I had to murder three lobsters, dude, in cold blood. All right? I will. Yeah, and I remember when I watched the show. You're like, you're like, bananas made a sandwich. No, 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 no. That was the most complicated sandwich, the world has ever known, dude. (laughs) Dude, the Guy Fieri cry.
3: What was really interesting is it shows you the difference between Bachelor fans and Challenge fans, because Bachelor fans were so are so nice and courteous, and then the Challenge fans were like, Wells is a fraud. He should never. Win, win go back to wherever the hell you came from <laughs> this guy and i was like jesus christ it's a cooking show I
4: oh, know, dude bro they're sad dude they are savage man that's what i said i mean it's like listen dude there's there's a lot i mean there's people who've been uh from you know the bachelor uh survivor big brother they think they know what rabid fans are mm. until they deal with challenge fans they are dude they are they're rough, bro. They are brutal, man. I will say though, Wells. I respect. Talk, going back to what your, your your baseball or your ball coach said, the best athletes, all right, the best performers are the ones that perform when the pressure is the greatest and when the lights are the brightest. And I will say that when we did our demo cooks with the chefs and we had to do, I'm watching. I'm like, this guy's gonna get the bed. He can't make. He, he like he's everything up. Before going to that final, dude, you were face down on the couch. I literally took a picture of that, and I'm like – I, I sent it to Morgan, and I'm like, yeah, Wells has no shot. This is his. This is how he gets prepped. And then, dude, you showed up that morning, man, and, uh, bro, I got to hand it to you, dude. You had like one of those Will Ferrell old school out-of-body <laughs> moments, dude. Just blacked that. you just blanked out and you just did it. You just went to work. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, this guy hasn't f***ed up once. I'm like – and you forced me – You actually pressed me to, 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 to work harder and to, and to, because I'm like, like you really, you showed up that day, dude. And it made me, you know, you, you stepped it up, dude. And and I got to say, that's, that's, uh, that, that, that's, again, that's, I think the sign of like a true competitor, dude, is somebody that, that is able, anyone can perform when there's no pressure. It's performing under pressure that, that, that makes it count. And you did, man. And, uh, got to hand it to you, dude. Those are some, some beautiful dishes you put out there.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, man, it was uh, it was fun to do that show. But more importantly, and like, I mean, it was cool to like win money for a a charity and everything. But I really had a like a cool time and a wonderful time getting to hang out with you and, and, uh, you know, and and making a new friend and and especially in this crazy kind of uh, entertainment world. So I I did have a lot of fun, man. Fun to watch you on TV. Where do people go to find you on social media? Real Johnny Bananas?
4: Is that what it is? Yep. On the social medias. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, real Johnny bananas, Twitter, Johnny bananas. Yeah. And then uh, I have a YouTube channel as well. You, you mentioned the the, the cooking. So yeah, I have a cooking show. It's called cooking in quarantine. It's on YouTube. Real Johnny bananas. I mean, Johnny bananas, but I actually just took all of Tyler's recipes yeah. and I just remade them, <laughs> but I had a great time doing it. I've done them all dude. We homemade ravioli, uh, that custard, uh, the salmon, I lit my kitchen on fire with trying to make vodka sauce. Like it, it's it's been uh, it's been quite the experience. That I've had a, I've had a lot of fun doing that. So maybe when quarantine is over, things things lighten up. We can uh, get back get back in the kitchen, man, and do a uh, another another little cooking demo or something. By the way, not to toot our horns, but apparently, our final on Worst Cooks is the highest rated Worst Cooks finale they've ever had. They said they said it was up uh, I think fifteen or twenty percent. From, um, from the, from the prior season. So I guess, uh, people really like the, uh, the, the Benatular showdown in the end, dude. That's right. Yeah. Buddy. It was good, man. It was, it, it was, was good, good. dude. I, I gotta say, especially from a viewer watching that, I'm like, dude, this is, we did well.
3: Yeah. It was, they edited it well too. It was fun to watch.
4: It was so funny, dude. Yeah, yeah.
3: absolutely. Yeah. So good to catch up and please, cool. um, let's hang out when this, you know, when the world isn't, uh, ending and. I mean, I sort of say it because you were talking about it earlier. You were saying like it, it would be like more crazy if like do, if Donald Trump and Joe Biden, you know, like ran for president together. Uh, I'm just gonna throw it out there: Johnny Bananas and Wes for president uh, and vice president. I'd vote for it right now. So
4: yeah, we'd have to keep him, you know, his face hidden because he'd tear away. He he terrify voters, but um, absolutely, man, Bananas West 2020. Yeah, let's do it. West would be like, make America ugly again. That'd be his <laughs> slogan. It would be great. All right, buddy, I miss you. um tell tell
3: Morgan, I say hello yeah. and uh, and be be safe out there, man.
4: Likewise, tell Sarah, I said hello as well. Yeah, definitely, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for the pod. Looking forward to it, bro. Yep. See you, bud. Subscribe to Wellscast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere
2: you get your podcasts. It's the internet.
0: What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
3: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.